was it last Sunday night? The girls were uh, uh, they were uh, downloading all the stuff on the computer, and we had a couple of our girls playing stereo uh, piano, and I think we got them uh, convinced to try that. Uh, I think on this was it this Sunday night? Yeah, I thought it was. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> what was it? Oh yeah, Father's Day. So. Uh, well, that gives them more time to practice. Oh well, uh, no. Hey, it's 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 going to be great. I it it'll be a blessing. In your Bibles now tonight, let's go to Genesis chapter two, verse seven, and the message tonight is going to be on a love for souls. A love for souls. Um, it's a basic basic truth in the Bible, but sometimes we skip right over it. And uh, uh, there's more to this thing. Um, of of the human soul than we than we think we don't understand it all, but uh, God, he 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 thought it so important and loved souls so much after he created Adam and Eve, uh, he uh, he let the souls begin to populate the world and there's uh, at this point in time over seven billion souls on the planet of the earth and you know that. Uh, one of my preacher friends said, God must have loved, uh, or no, no, uh, uh, President Lincoln said, God must love the common man because he made so many of them. And I love that phrase. I love that. So tonight, let's let's uh, focus our hearts on the fact that, you know, God loves souls. He loves all souls. In fact, he died for everybody. He didn't just die for, uh, uh, you know, Christians. He died for everybody. And so let's look at it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 the Bible says, and the Lord God formed man, that's Adam, of the dust of the ground, that's the dirt, and uh, he formed Adam, he formed him of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, uh, and man became a living soul. There's a lot to think about that. There's Adam, and he had everything ready to go. There was uh, a perfect human body there, uh, but it wasn't alive yet. And so God uh, created him with his hands, and then he breathed into his nostrils. He became a living soul. And so that soul has been duplicated over seven, eight. I don't know how many people have always been on the earth since creation. So obviously many more than seven billion. Isn't it amazing that God made so many people? And uh, it's just amazing to me that uh, the Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're a creation of God, and you were created in the womb. That's why we believe that uh, it's wrong to abort. Uh, it, uh, the Bible says when we became what we are was in the womb. And I, th I think the soul actually is uh, generated with uh, the, the conception. So that that is a real wonderful scientific fact. Um, so... Man, man was made by God, and then, of course, as you know, Adam fell asleep, and uh, God did surgery on him, took a rib out of him, and made Eve. And so Eve was also a living soul, and uh, she was generated by the hand of God, but made from Adam. So we're all in the same boat together. We all have a soul, and the soul of man is just so important to God. Let's go to Ezekiel all the way. Now, we have Genesis, but let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Um, and uh, God made a statement when he was upset with uh, the Jews. 
in chapter number 18 of Ezekiel, God was very upset with them. And uh, he said something here that I focused on. Um, he said, all souls are mine. He said, we, God owns everybody. He made us and he owns us. And so we're going to answer to him. Look at uh, verse number four. Eight, uh, Ezekiel 18, four says, behold, all souls are mine. That God said that. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Let's look down at verse 20. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Son shall not bear the iniquity of the Father, neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Isn't it amazing that uh, we're, we're individual souls. God made us that way. And you and I, individually, we belong to God. He's the one that made us. He created us. He did it. And we, we have to do with Him. And so this thing called the soul is so uh, mysterious. I, I, I can't tell you that I understand it all. I just know that I have one, and I am a soul. The Bible calls everybody on the earth a soul. Uh, and so let's look over in Matthew and see how important this is. In Matthew chapter 16, uh, let's go over there and uh, let's look over at verse 24. You know this by heart, I'm sure. But I think tonight we have to focus down and think how, how important is a soul to God? We are soul winners. Uh, we are soul lovers. We love souls around here. We care for souls. I don't care who it is, who they are, doesn't matter. If they're down at the rescue mission or they're up at the top of the most wonderful hill uh, overlooking a beautiful view from a 10-room mansion, I don't care who they are. Souls are souls, doesn't matter God, to God. They're, they're souls, whether they're down and out or up and out or in and out or over, it doesn't matter, no matter where they are, no matter what uh, country they're from, no matter what race they are, when God makes a soul, he makes them uh, one of them, the, the most valuable thing in the world. The most valuable thing. Let's look at it. Chapter number 16 of Matthew, verse 24. Jesus said this, and it's very, very important that we, that we uh, re remind ourselves about it. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever shall will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. You see, we have to do with God, don't we? God's the one that made the earth. God's the one that made you. He's the one that told us what's good for ourselves. He's the one that gives us direction. He tells us where and when and how. All the things of life are all circled and centered Right back to the Lord. Look at this, verse 26. For what is man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, that's, a, that's incredibly important. Jesus said that if you gain the whole entire world, 
it wouldn't be as valuable as one lost soul. Think about that for a minute. So it doesn't matter what kind of money anybody has. It doesn't matter what kind of life they have. Good, bad, indifferent, doesn't matter. But if somebody did give you the whole world, it wouldn't be as valuable as your soul. Have you ever seen somebody that's really uh, wealthy um, in, our, in our world, especially in America? We have people that are very, very well-to-do. Uh, and like I, I heard that one of the golfers, Sergio Garcia, um, he's going to leave the uh, PGA and he's going to go over to the international where uh, they've got a new uh, a golf league that's paying people many, 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 many millions more than the old PGA. Uh, basketball stars and football stars and baseball stars and movie stars and, and musicians, they make incredible amounts of money that I don't know, they have more than they could possibly even understand and comprehend what to do with. Uh, one of the golfers, Phil Mickelson, he, he's going to do a deal where he's going to get paid $40 million to play golf in some of these uh, uh, matches and, and tournaments. But up front, just to seal the deal, they're going to give him $30 million. And then the $10 million comes later just so he can sign up and say, yeah, I'll play in the... Isn't it amazing? How, how some folks, now I'm not judging anybody because I don't know these men and women, but I know this, that a lot of the uh, people that are up in the, uh, the musical industry, a lot of them do what they would call sell their souls. There's a lot of, of movie stars that have actually sold their souls and given themselves completely over to the devil. Did you notice what, G, what Jesus uh, endured um, on the mount when, when the devil tried to tempt him. Uh, he said, uh, he took Jesus up on the high pinnacle and he showed him all the nations and all the world that, that he himself had control over. And he said, I will give you all this if you'll fall down and worship me. Jesus didn't sell his soul, did he? Uh, he couldn't have. But there's people that do, and they give their souls to whatever that they want. They, they try to gain the whole world. They'll try to do what the devil would want them to do. I'm glad I gave my soul to Jesus. In fact, just uh, yesterday, uh, I, got to, I got to go on a call where a man had passed away, and I got to talk to his brother and his ex-wife, and I got to give my testimony. And that, that's kind of rare on, on a call I go on. But I got to give the whole gospel to both of them. I was just so thrilled. And it was, it was appropriate and it was wonderful. And I'm just glad that Jesus has bought and paid for my soul. I hope you're glad that Jesus paid the price for your soul. And that, that, that price can't be paid by mankind. It's paid by Jesus alone. And he paid for everybody. Think about it. The only person that could do it did it for everybody. The only person that could save uh, the souls of mankind did, did that for the all of mankind. I think that's tremendous. That he's the only answer, and he did it for everybody. I just can't get over that. So all around us, every day, there's just abundance of, of, of wealth, 
there's an abundance of, of pleasure, opportunity, uh, and, and, and e but, but you and I have eternal opportunities too. We have eternal rewards and glory if we want it, but we don't see it. Now, what is the thing in this world that's for you and I, what, what is it that's so valuable in this world that we can't see it? There's something so valuable. It's the most valuable thing in the world, but we can't see it. We can't see it. I'll tell you what it is. We walk by it every day. Souls. What's the most important thing to God? Souls. That's the most important. He doesn't care what, what people, uh, what kind of clothes they're wearing. They don't, God doesn't care about anything. He says, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his, own, lose his soul? So the issue of church is that we are here today and we have a mission and we have a job to do to enter into the work that Jesus uh, gave us to deal with souls. Now, I want to I want to explain something. You don't have to uh, you don't have to be a Sunday school teacher or a pastor or a deacon or an evangelist. You don't have to be in full time Christian service to be effective uh, to care and love souls. That's the key. Just loving souls. When you look at someone. Try not to look at what they do. Try to look at what they are. I, I get mixed up, too. I get, I get a little irritated at what people do. I get irritated at what people say. I get irritated at what, they, what kind of actions they have. But, but, but just tonight, remember, uh, you know, the prayer request for Governor Inslee, we should be praying for him and, and those because they're souls. Because they're souls. A soul is the most valuable thing in the world, and we pass them up every day. We don't talk to people like we should, and I'm not here to just make everybody feel bad. But Jesus gave his life for the souls of mankind. He didn't uh, give his life so people could be famous. That wasn't his, his uh, result. That's not what his motive was. Or he wasn't... Uh, uh, he didn't come from glory and die on the cross so we could have fortune and uh, all the things that this world could get. He didn't do it so you could have a great career. He didn't die on the cross so you could uh, uh, have a nice big home or, 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 or that. And by the way, Jesus, Jesus, listen, he didn't have all this. These are things he did not have. You remember the disciples said, where do you live? He says, uh, foxes have holes and... Uh, uh, you know, that, that uh, dens and holes and all that. But, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. I don't think Jesus owned a house. I think that's what he was saying. There's no, I, don't have, I don't own a place. He had no fame, remember? Uh, the, uh, the Romans said, who is this? And uh, they said, can, even the disciples, can anything good come out of Nazareth or uh, Bethlehem? Can anything good? They didn't know him. John the Baptist said, I knew him not. All right? So he didn't come and try to be famous. He didn't come to try to be uh, full of fortune. He had no career. You say, well, I thought he was a carpenter. Well, that's not a career. That's just what he did. That's that He did not have a career in carpentry. You understand? 
That's not, he, he knew how to be a carpenter, but that's not his career. He did not have a career. He died, and uh, scholars have told us, and we, we surmise that he was about 33, maybe somewhere in there. He didn't have a home. He didn't take vacations. You won't see Jesus with sunglasses on and a straw hat uh, on a boat uh, in, uh, in, in uh, uh, Rio de Janeiro. You won't see him. He, doesn't, he never did that. He never took off and said, I'm going on vacation. You all take care for a little while. Nope. He didn't have a hobby either. Did you know that? Jesus didn't have a hobby. And uh, he, he forsook all that. He, uh, I don't think the Bible tells us uh, anywhere where Jesus had a lot of laughter in his life. I don't see him having a lot of merriment and laughter. Now, he had a lot of joy, but I don't think Jesus was uh, one to have a lot of laughter all the time. You don't see him uh, laughing all the time, and, uh, but you see him very serious and sober. You don't see a throne. Jesus had no throne. He did not have a throne. The, the closest thing he ever got to a throne was when he rode a donkey into Jerusalem. We have a Savior that, that cared for souls, but he didn't care for all this other stuff. He didn't have a very long ministry on this earth either. I have had a longer ministry on this earth than Jesus did. I've been serving the Lord full time for since 1989, and before that I was serving the Lord as much as I could, uh, but I've, I've always had a Sunday school class. I've always had uh, a ministry, and I've always had a good church. I've always been, in fact, uh, for the last 25 years, I've had a wonderful joy of being in the ministry uh, full-time in this church, and I thank God for that. Did you know Jesus had no real ministry as you would look at it? He had a ministry, but it, it wasn't a long, long ministry. Uh, like, we have a friend that pastored Westside Baptist Church, Brother Wamscons. Uh, when, I, when I first uh, uh, got out in 1980, I got a, uh, up to Bremerton, and, I, and, and I, was, uh, I met him at a fellowship meeting, and he had taken the church over there from his dad, and he was pastoring the church where his dad uh, pastored. And so, um, you know, he'd been serving the Lord all these years. He, I think he died in... Uh, uh, almost 90 years old. Anyway, he, he, uh, his health failed, and he had to go live with his children in Texas. But he used to write letters to me all the time, and he was serving the Lord all the way up until he went to be with Jesus. Uh, There's some people that enjoy long, long ministries, and look, Jesus didn't have a long ministry, about three years of actual ministry. Jesus had no wife. Think about that. He was single all of his life. He had no wife. He had no... Nobody to go home to, nobody to embrace and, and give a hug to, no, nobody to sit and fellowship with a, a, a woman that would be somebody that he would love. He, he didn't have a wife. And he, it's just amazing to me uh, that, that the, the thing that, that men, uh, they, need, they need, they need wives. And, and God said it's not good that the man should be alone. I'll make a help meet for him. I didn't say that. Jesus did. The Bible teaches us that Adam, it wasn't good for him to be alone, so he made Eve. But Jesus had no Eve for himself. He had no fortune, no fame, no home, no throne. He had nothing. He had no children. Jesus had no children. And yet, he loved children. He said, suffer the little ones to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. 
and he brought little, little children and put them on his lap and loved them and then warned everybody, you, you, do you, you offend one of these, uh, it'd be better for you that a millstone was tied around your head, you cast into the sea. It's better for you, had you not been born, than to offend one of these little ones. He loved children and he didn't have any. He sacrificed a lot. And one thing I noticed too, Jesus never had the joy of building a building. I love to build stuff. In fact, if I could, I'd probably do too much of it. Uh, I just love it. I can't, I, if it's straight and square and level, I'm in, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but he never did that. Yeah, I'm sure that, I'm sure that he had carpentry skills. The Bible says he did. But he wasn't out building edifices. My goodness, he could build something, couldn't he? But you know what? One of these days we're going to see, and he's, he's right now. You know what Jesus is doing right this minute? He's preparing a city for you and me. He's a builder, all right. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be famous one day. He, he has a fortune. He does. And uh, he has a home. Talk about a vacation. When we go to heaven, you know there's no labor up there. Woo! Vacation time forever. How'd you like to go on eternal vacation? Yeah. He'll have hobbies. He'll have, he'll, you, you think Jesus is going to have laughter when we finally get to heaven? I guarantee you, I can't wait to hear my Savior laugh. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got the best jokes in the whole world, and he's reserving them in heaven for us, right? I tell you what, you, th you think that's not sacrilegious. That's not demeaning Jesus. He's got humor. He does have humor. I just, we didn't get to see much of it. Oh, you think he'll have a throne? He'll have a throne. Think he'll have children? Oh, yeah, he'll have children. You know, I heard an old preacher say one time, he was, a, he was just a Bible teacher, was just a great guy. Um, he was, his name was Charles Knapper. And uh, he always wore a, a Swedish uh, hiking hat to work. And uh, he had a little Bible study over at the shipyard when I was a young man. And uh, he said, you know, you know, uh, it's nice to win souls to the Lord. He said, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to say, hey, Bob, you see that guy over there? I led him to the Lord. That soul got saved because I, I gave him the gospel and he got saved and he, he's here. And uh, there, we're, when we get to heaven, he said, we're going to be rejoicing and there's going to be a soul over there that we influenced and maybe a few over there. And uh, all the Christians in all the world, all the soul winners are going to be saying, hey, there they are. I remember when you asked Jesus to be your Savior and we're going to have so much joy. And he said, and while we're re rejoicing like that and congratulating everybody and, and saying how, how joyful it is that people got saved. Jesus, he said, is going to be standing next to his father and he's going to say, Father, you see all these, all of them, every one of them is mine. I saved every one of them. He left heaven to save our souls. He left gl the glory of heaven to, to save us. His soul, the Bible says, was in travail. He came to seek and to save souls. And I think that we must 
would do well just to start loving people. I mean, just to have the love of God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, and let's go to verse 29, Matthew 11, 29. We'll, we won't be long tonight, but I, I want to I focus on this thing called souls. I get so busy that I forget sometimes what I'm here for. I'm here to conduct the ministry of this church and to lead people to the Lord and to encourage them and feed them and, uh, and baptize folks and, and, and just operate the ministry of keeping the flame bright in this house of God, the house of prayer. Matthew chapter 11, please, verse number 29. <clears throat> he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto what? Your souls. You can find rest in the Lord for what? Your soul. A couple nights ago, I was reading my Bible. It was about... I don't know what time it was. Uh, I, the older I get, the less I sleep sometimes. It's intermittent, you know. I'll have two or three hours, and I'll bounce up, and then I'll have an hour like, oh, I hate this. There's another spot on the ceiling that I don't recognize, you know. So I'll stare at that for a while. Uh, but I got my Bible out, and I was reading in Matthew, the Beatitudes, and it said, take no thought for the morrow. For the, the, morrow, the morrow will take thought for the things of itself. I thought, that's just great. And I went back to sleep. You know, the Bible says, stop worrying about everything. Stop fretting. Stop worrying. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. What, what are you worrying about tonight? What are you worrying about? What gets you up at night? Stop worrying about it. That's what God said. He said, don't worry about it. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. And boy, that's true. So see, God wants to give us that rest in our soul. Did you know that you can work your physical job until you're just about all just completely flabbergasted? You don't have an ounce of strength left in you. Your feet are sore. Every muscle in your body sore. Your back's or your neck sore. Uh, everything is just wrecked. And you can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. And yet your physical body can be just absolutely tired out. You can, you can ha uh, have stress. Uh, I talked to a, a sheriff deputy yesterday. You know what he told me? He said, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I enjoy the stress. <laughs> now, he's going to retire next month. And uh, I said, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way. He said, all this stuff that I've been through, it just doesn't, it doesn't uh, ruin me. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know why. I like it. He, he was actually a uh, uh, search and rescue leader on Mount Baker and uh, had a team of volunteers. And he went up and found, find people that are lost and all that, in addition to his job in the sheriff's department. We were talking at a call yesterday, and uh, we were kind of in kinship, and the gears really meshed, and I thought, boy, I found somebody just like me, because, uh, you know, sometimes 
sometimes stress, you can still have peace in the middle of the stress. How about, how about a trauma nurse? How do they do that? I don't think I could do it. How about a medic in a war where all the soldiers all around him, I don't think I could do that. But there's something down deep that God will give you and comfort you in the middle of your trials, in the middle of your stress, <clears throat> in the middle of the conflagration, in the middle of hard labor. Jesus says, come unto me, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest on the key here to your soul. Think about this. You, you remember in Acts chapter number 2, uh, verse 41, when 3,000, and it wasn't, it wasn't referred to as people, but the Bible says 3,000 souls. Everything has to do with souls. Your soul can be injured. Your soul can be uh, devastated. Your soul can get into sin. And the Bible says, the soul that sinneth it shall die. And thank God that Jesus died for our souls. See, when I got saved and you got saved, you didn't get a brand new body right away, did you? How many are still carrying around the same one? Uh, you, you, you that are young, you're, you got it made. You're carrying around a nice, a nice new one. But if you're like me and you drive a car too long, what happens to it? Yeah, your ball joints need repair. You need tune-ups more and more. And your tires get all worn out and they pop. Uh, what else? Uh, you run out of gas faster. You got leaks. Uh, the oils, everything. You, you, you're, I mean, it's just terrible. You're just running out. And things break. I, I didn't mean it like I didn't mean it like you. I'm trying to give you something to look forward to. Anyway, so, so, but it's true, isn't it? It's true. You didn't get a brand new body, but you're going to get one. You're going to get one. So what, what, what is saved about you? Well, the promise of salvation for our body is there. We're going to get a new one. That's the promise. You have a new spirit. Because now you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So your, your spirit was born, but your soul was saved. See, your soul was already born. It was already created. So we're tripartite. That means we have a body, a soul, and spirit. So your spirit is, is almost like your personality, but now you have the mind of Christ. You have the, the, the spirit of Jesus Christ. So your spirit was born. In other words, you're a new person. If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So now you have the righteousness of God. Your soul, though, is the key. Your soul was saved. You see, Everybody's soul sinned, but now your soul is saved, and nothing can change that. Your spirit can go up and down, and you can, you can have bad days and good days, and you, the Bible says there's, you can actually not be filled with the spirit because Ephesians 5.18 says, Be ye filled with the spirit. 
you can have the Spirit, but not in its fullness. You understand you can be saved, but then you could be in a bad mood or you could stay away from God for a while in your Bible. You could get into sin. There's all kinds of things that you could do to yourself to suppress and grieve the Holy Spirit. But you have the Holy Spirit. So thank God for that. You've been born of the Spirit. Your soul is saved. And the only thing we're waiting on is get the, get out of this, this bag of bones I'm carrying around. So you've got to take care of it. Do all you can. Uh, get exercise, drink lots of coffee, and go to church. That's, that's, my, that's my plan. Amen. So anyway, um, uh, I'm just saying, when 3,000 people got saved, they ref- the Bible refers to them as souls, because that's the key. All right, let's go to 1 Peter, and we're going to finish up. Unfortunately, you know, you don't give me much time, do you? You know, we ought to have it in our church that the preacher gets to take as much time as he wants. Thank you. Brother Manetti and I will see you guys later. We're going to stay tonight. <laughs> Lane, you'll have to drive home. I'll take him home tonight. <laughs> yeah, amen. How come y'all didn't say amen to that? Man, backsliders. Oh, my soul. First Peter chapter 1. I don't know about you, but I have fun. I have fun serving God. I love church. All right, chapter number 1, verse 22, 1 Peter. Let's look at this. Seeing then, seeing then ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now it's time to just love people. It's just time to love souls. Do you love souls? Do you love just anybody? Now, I'm not saying agree with them. I'm not saying act like they do. I'm not saying bring them into your house. There's lots of issues, but do you just love souls? You know, you can give the gospel to anybody. And so, you know, one, one of the things that Brother Carlson came up with, it is awesome. He's got a He's got tracks that don't have our address on it because, you know, sometimes you got to be careful who you invite to church. And uh, so anybody can come. It's just that you, know, you have to be careful. But he puts a $5 bill in a track and gives it to a homeless person that looks really down and out, you know, because nobody talks to him. You go to get gas or go to a rest stop and somebody's just emaciated, you know, their hair's all scrambled and they're they're just in weather beaten face and they you know they're in their own problem and everything and they don't and then and yet God loves that soul God loves those souls remember remember the fellow that was in the trailer out here you know I'm so proud of our church there was there was more than one or two or three people that came up to me and handed me money because I was going to go talk to them and they said would you give this to that person I remember too we've had people come into the back of the auditorium and um, uh, I remember one time, I, I won't say who it was, but I think I remember who it was. They gave their coat to the lady. They gave their coat to the lady. And she walked out with a coat. She didn't have a coat on. And, and one of our church members gave a coat to the lady. That's awesome. 
That's what we need, just love for souls. They had it in the old days. That's how, you know, our country's missing a lot of independent fundamental Baptist churches that used to be all over the city. Every single state in this country, at one time in the 19, late 70s, the largest church in each and every of the 50 states at one time was an independent Baptist church just like this one. That's documented. That there, before the mega church things got started with all the rock music and the NIV and all those other versions, there was a, there was a strong, strong influence of good, solid preaching and Bible teaching. And I don't, I don't mean that every one of them was only a Baptist church. I'm saying uh, I've got tapes back there of uh, uh, Dr. Fuller, Charles Fuller in World War II in Long Beach, California, had the old-time gospel hour, and he would have quartets, and Rudy Atwood would play the piano. And we've got, we've got CDs. We play them for, for background music in church. And he had a radio program that was cascading all over the, the, uh, the, uh, the um, South Pacific. And he'd say, hello, soldier boy. This is Charles Fuller. Just want to let you know that God loves you, my, my son. And say, hello, sailor boy. And oh, my goodness, I got radio shows on tape. My, my skin's crawling right now. I can't wait to, to go back and listen to them again. That's what's our country. And you know what it was? They just love souls, that's all. We got we to gotta get that love back. We should realize the value of each and every soul on earth. And I'm preaching myself just, just as much as to our church. Uh, we, we have invested our lives. Honestly, I have, I have invested my life. And I'm, when my wife and I married, we knew that we wanted to serve God the rest of our lives. We wanted to do that. We wanted to stay faithful and keep going. And so you know what? We decided that. Like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've done as much as we could. At many times we failed, but we're, we were serving the Lord a long time before we ever entered the full-time ministry. And I'm glad. Here it is. I'm going to finish now. I'm glad along the way, every once in a while, you get to win a soul to the Lord. That's more valuable than, my goodness, if I if if somebody came and said, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a soul and a Mercedes 450 SL. If I had a choice, I'd take both of them. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, we have to have a genuine love for souls. I th I think we're just we get off track. So. Uh, a group of believers, like a church, can have a soul to it, but each individual has a soul. Last one, look at Hebrews 10, and we're done. Hebrew, last verse, Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 39. Hebrews 10 and 39. Why did Jesus come to save souls? He came to actually purchase 
every soul on earth. <coughs> the only one that did it, only one that could do it, did it for everybody. Verse 39. But we are not of them who draw back in unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And tonight you ought to be mighty glad you know Jesus as your Savior. Let's bow our heads for prayer. We should pray that by this weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend, we should ask God that each one of us would have some some visitor, uh, maybe witness, maybe maybe they don't come to church, maybe maybe, but maybe you could witness. I, I got to give my testimony yesterday, and uh, although it was at 4:30 in the morning, on a call, but I still got to do it. And I think we should just love souls.